Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Uh, Kate is sick of hearing about Liam Reid. Uh, David Seymour's been uh, fat-shaming uh, some of his colleagues, uh, so we will talk about that. Uh, after banning everybody from looking at Kari trees, now Auckland wants to ban uh, private fireworks. But first up, uh, Labour's education shake-up. Does Leighton think it will work? What is wrong with the current education system based on tomorrow's schools? Was tomorrow's schools or is tomorrow's schools a success in any way, shape or form? When it, ha- when it, when it was introduced... There were plenty of people who um, who were unhappy about it, plenty of people who objected to it or found fault with various parts of it. Now, it's been a patch-up job ever since. Is it possible that Hipkins and the present Labour government could get it right and lay the groundwork for an education system that lasts forever, if not just the foreseeable future? I'd suggest to you no, not at all. They're the wrong people to be doing it because they are, they'll be basing it on ideology. Uh, you, what you've got is a situation now where you've got a Labour government in control and you've got the unions in control. And between the two of them, they will not provide the right answers. That's my forecast. Now, you might disagree with it. I, I feel very firmly about that. The minute you hear that Hipkins wants to close down successful charter schools and and will not have a bar of any conversation outside of the fact that's what's going to happen. You know the ideology is in uh, full flight, and you know that it's wrong. Right, so we're talking about yesterday's school concept, which was called Tomorrow's Schools. Is today tomorrow? Uh, I feel like I've fallen through a freak wormhole in time and space. Uh, maybe Kate does too. Maybe that's why she's sick of hearing about this Liam Reid guy. Reid's argument was that the airing of the documentary might affect his rights to a fair trial. What rights? What trial? It's over. You have no rights. In fact, what's most concerning to me is that I assume all of these appeals and injunction attempts are at the expense of legal aid. The only avenue left for him to appeal his conviction for the rape and murder of Emma Agnew is to apply for a royal prerogative of mercy, which he is allegedly, unsurprisingly, in the process of doing. He wants the conviction overturned. Are you serious? Why should the family of victims who've already suffered an unimaginable loss and tragedy have to relive it all with this convicted murderer's mug in the paper and his ongoing fight taking up time and space? Imagine how utterly destructive this must be for them. They've already had to wade through yet more headlines about him last year when he married his disgraced lawyer, Davina Murray, in prison. Remember that? Remember her? She was representing him as well as smuggling cigarettes, lighters and an iPhone into him in prison. She lost her legal career over him. Then she married him. Classy couple. But back to the family of the victims. Reed's constant appeals will have followed and haunted them well beyond the original life-destroying offence. They, 11 years on, still have him in their face. How does a man who we technically should never have to hear from again get to, in my opinion, re-victimise everyone by putting his head above the parapet at any opportunity to grab publicity? I wonder whether the system works if the rights of the prisoner seem to outweigh the right to peace for the victim's family. 
If he must appeal every movement of his existence, why can't he do it in some behind-the-scenes capacity far, far away from the rest of us? Yes, everyone's entitled to a fair trial. Well, he's had his. He's had more than his fair share. So Kate, of course, the host of Early Edition, which is a show that runs from 5am to 6am, that seems very early to be that worked up about something, doesn't it? She comes out firing. I'll give her that. I'll give her that. Uh, so did David Seymour. After, In response to criticism of appearing on Dancing with the Stars, he decided to hit back and talk about how fat some of the other MPs are. And this brought up the topic of fat shaming with Andrew Dickens yesterday afternoon. For years I wanted to hide and run away because I used to get called Fatty Boombuster, Fatty Puff, here she comes walking down the street, <laughs> or 220 pounds, there's a lot to carry around. That was my life until I was mid-30s or thereabouts. One night I was at the pub. And some guy come up to me and said, you're fat. And so I grabbed a handful of my stomach and pulled it out and went, oh, my God, I am too. I didn't realise. Thank you for pointing it out. And then afterwards, I was so, because I had a few drinks, obviously, and afterwards I was so surprised at myself and I thought, come on, chick, fat is just a noun for that tissue on your body that isn't muscle, bone, or blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's just a noun, and it really shouldn't. No. It's a but, noun, and, and I've been that girl who has been called that, as mm. I say, until I lost weight. Um, and another secret, it doesn't matter, you can have poor shape, whether you're thin, large, what have you. I lost weight, I still haven't got a nice, I didn't get a waist. I thought I was going to get a waist to be all curvy and be the next Charlie Saron. That didn't happen, I just look like me. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to ask whether Charlize Theron used to be get called Fatty Boombuster. Um, yeah, it's one thing to be called fat. It's another thing for people to actually sing songs about how fat you are. Uh, if that happens to me, I think I will feel the shame, but it might actually get me to stop melting cheese on things for lunch. Um, I will say that. Um, let's uh, talk about this fireworks ban now. Auckland Council just loves to ban stuff, don't they? So what has brought this on, Afiso? Why are you doing this, going down this track? Well, the regulatory committee, which both council, oh, sorry, which I sit on, is looking at the public nuisance bylaw at the moment. And we thought, well, actually, this is an issue that's been talked about for a long time. The council's taken the steps to regulate and ban uh, the use of fireworks in public places, and we think now is the next step for us to go even further and advocate to the government to say we don't need them at all and we should have public displays available for, for people to go along to. All right, so just to clarify, what is the current law so people can buy fireworks and, and set them off in their back garden or whatever? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so it was uh, reviewed in 2007, and they said that you can only have you can only have private sale available to people for five days leading up to the 5th of November, and you can have it at home. What we're saying is we've got to go further. This is about making sure that pets, animals, people are safe. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, 32,000 people signed a petition and gave it to the government to say we should ban it. It wasn't accepted then, and we think this is the right time for us to, re- I guess, relitigate the issue and say let's get it back into public attention and take it to the government. You still uh, are okay. You still want to have public displays, do you? 
Yeah, I think that's the best way to go. Look, my community in South Auckland, I represent Manuko. They're pretty divided on this issue, so I've been taking calls for the last week with people saying, look, we've been really responsible. And I accept that. Well, I'm responsible as well. I've got a young child who enjoys, you know, holding a sparkler. But what we're saying is it's really important for us to take a safety, reduce harm approach. And that's what the Auckland plan is all about. That's why we're on the Community Development and Safety Committee. And so we think this is the best way to do it. Let's get it into the public display for people to go along to. We're, in, we're advocating that those public displays are free so that all communities can gather together and just enjoy the fireworks. Oh, I'm torn about this one because I'm not really a, a, a fireworks fan. Uh, this is primarily because, uh, because I get up in the middle of the night to go to work. Any loud noises at night are like ice picks in my brain. But at the same time, I'm also not a fan of banning things. Oh, I'm so torn. So torn. Uh, what about Marcus? How torn is he? So it looks like the Auckland Council's voting tomorrow to ban fireworks. They'll go to the government and that might be it for fireworks altogether. No debate. No petition. No referendum. Just gone bigger. My thought of uh, my thought of it, and my light for it is, uh, you know, uh, New Zealand's a relatively young country, um, and Guy Fawkes is one of those days that's kind of always evolved within New Zealand to become an important family day, working class day, um, enjoyable day. You know, it's it, it's something just a bit special, and families love it, and just to get rid of it because. Two councils decided that people should go to public displays. I like that caller before the news. I think public displays are awful. Awful. So I think we should be able to gather as families and have barbecues and drinks or whatever and light off some crackers. I mean, gosh, we're adults. We should be able to as so many other countries around the world can do. Is there some form of barbecue technology where you could combine that with the fireworks? Like my barbecue, it has a a hot plate on it so you can actually boil a pot of water. That's very handy. I just wonder if there's another accessory that just sets off a few fireworks safely. Um, No, it's a stupid idea. I'm I'm sorry. It's... Like I say, it's early in the morning. I am Glenn ZB. That has been News Talk ZB uh, for Thursday. Back with more stupidity tomorrow. See you then.